ABC Tonight. My name is Daniel Garcia. I worked at my family's bakery. My life used to be pretty normal until I met Noah Hamilton. That's when everything changed. My brother and the most famous woman in the world. Sometimes two unlikely ingredients. There's something about him. Make the most amazing combination. I just want to make sure you know what you're signing up for. I know that my life can get pretty crazy. I think I could do a little crazy. The Baker and the Beauty series premiere tonight, 10, 9 central on ABC. Discover personally how the Word of God can affect a change in your life through the ministry of Bishop Dykewood Mills. Dykewood Mills is the founder of the Lighthouse Chapel International denomination with over 3,000 branches worldwide. He is a healing evangelist and an author of several best-selling books. He is also the pastor of the First Love Church, a campus ministry with over 500 branches. The First Love Church is a vibrant church with young, energetic people full of first love for the Lord. Now listen to Dykewood Mills. That draws us to Yeah. 
don't want to be good for nothing. I am the salt of the earth. I don't want to be good for nothing. I don't want to lose my usefulness. I don't want to be good for nothing. I don't want to lose. Hallelujah. Oh, put your hands together for Jesus. Amen. How many of you believe in the goodness of God? I believe God is going to be kind to you this week. And God is going to show you his goodness. I believe that every prophecy you've heard, every testimony you are believing God for, you will receive it this week. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. Hallelujah. I'm going to read our first testimony all the way from Uganda, put your hands together for Jesus. Are you glad the power of God can reach Uganda too? Amen. All right. My name is Daphne. I'm a shepherd from First Love Church, Uganda. I received this powerful testimony from my sheep a few minutes ago, and I would like to share it. Her name is Bridget. We went on visitation together, and we continued to my home. While we were there, I played the previous Sunday's message, Siniazos Against the Anointing, and we listened together. She later left and reached her home. Her grandmother sent her to the pharmacy to buy her some drugs. On her way to the pharmacy, she had a terrible accident. The car hit her and she was thrown into the air, and she fell down, hitting her head first on the ground. 
She said, while she was in the air, she heard her prophet's voice, which she had heard in the message she had listened to. Prophet prophesied, you will live long. And she said, this was the voice she heard as she got hit. She, she got hit. People gathered around thinking she had died. But amazingly, she did not even have a scratch on her body. <laughs> Somebody shout, yeah. Somebody shout, yeah. If I remember correctly, what prophet usually says is, you will hear good news, not you will hear bad news. Every bad news that is traveling your way is blocked by the prophecies you've heard in Jesus' name. Amen. She said she went to the hospital for further examination. And in her own words, no body part was damaged. <laughs> Hallelujah. We thank God for our prophet's life. And we thank God for all the prayers and prophecies we in Uganda are receiving powerfully from our prophet. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. Hallelujah. And let's welcome Felix Afuaka as he shares his testimony of what God did for him. Do it better for him. Felix, tell us what has God done for you. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, my name is Felix Afuaka, and I'm blessed to be in the prestigious Bible school. Amen. Amen. And I'm also in the um, in the dancing stars. Hallelujah. Why well, you forgot you're in the dancing stars? What happened to you? What did God do for you? My testimony is about how God saved me from evil. Saved me from evil on the Easter Monday after Daddy prayed for us during the Good Friday. During the prayers, He prayed for us to be fruitful. Then He said, We are receiving, we are becoming a tree of fruitfulness. Then after that, He said, Whatever kills you before your time or whatever takes you to the grave before your time is being cursed in the name of Jesus. Amen. So I received it. So in the, on, the, on Monday, that on is the Easter, the Monday. Easter Monday, I went to the house and I decided to pray for one hour in the morning before I do whatever I was supposed to do. So I locked myself in one of the bedrooms and I switched on the fan. So when I was praying, ceiling fan. the ceiling fan. Okay. So when I was praying, like the thought that was coming when like was not making the prayer really nice so i remember the scripture first corinthians chapter 14 verse 14 which says for if i pray in an unknown tongue my spirit prayed but my understanding is unfruitful then what it is then i will pray with the spirit and i'll pray with my understanding also and I'll sing with the spirit and I'll sing with my understanding also. So I took a book from the Macarius called Those Who Are Proud. And I was praying whilst reading. So I prayed more than the hour, fully enjoying the prayer. So after that, I decided to go and take my slippers and move out of the bedroom. So my slippers was right under the ceiling fan. I, I wore it and I was moving straight to the wall to go and turn it off. Then I had a bang behind me. When I turned, the ceiling fan had come down. The ceiling fan had come down. It was on. It came down right, right behind me. And the amazing thing was that the blades, because it was spinning at a very faster rate, the blades were caught, were caught in the mattress, which was on the floor. So it fell down and didn't move. The blades were caught. So when it I, had moved, it had maybe my legs, yes. my legs or any other part of my body. So I turned... And I was so shocked. So I just said, thank you, Jesus. 
under my breath. You and will anything that shortens life. You said, what did you hear in the prophecy? He said, whatever kills before your time. Whatever kills before your or time. Or whatever takes you to the grave before whatever your time. Whatever takes you to the grave before your time. Being cursed in the name of Jesus. It's cursed in the name of Jesus. Wow. So I want to thank Daddy, and I said, Daddy, don't stop praying for us. And I also want to encourage us to keep believing the prayers because it really works. Thank you, Daddy. Amen. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. And let's welcome Kufor Nyamiche to share his testimony. Do it better for him, Kufor Nyamiche. Share his testimony. How God changes life. Amen. Kufor, what has God done for you? Hallelujah. Amen. My name is Kufonya Miche, and uh, I'm a first lover and a Basanta minister as well. I'm shaking a little bit. <laughs> What's your testimony about? So, my testimony, um, I grew up in a Christian home where my father being a pastor as well. And I realized that, like, he wanted to put church in us, but it was something that I didn't like at all. I didn't like going to church. I really hate everything about church. Never wanted to go to church, never wanted to hear even about salvation, nothing. Like I, because I felt Christianity was borrowed. And I had family members that were into juju. So they could show me things, like they could hit someone, that someone some, the person would fall. Like, so I believed Christianity was very boring. Like you clap, you Couldn't see, see any power in any Christianity. Power in Christianity. So what I, happened when he went to campus? So before that, my father used to punish me. In fact, he told me that if you don't go to church on Sunday, Monday you're not getting money for school. And I was okay with it. I could just go dry. And... When, one day he told me, I've cancelled you, your name for my will. Someone asked him, when you're about to preach, what is the problem you encounter? He said, it's my son. Mercy. Because when I'm preaching, I always want to check whether he's seated. Because sometimes he closes his eyes, Father, in the name of Jesus, I know he can't come up the stage and look at me, so I'll just leave. Once he starts preaching, I'll leave. Once he starts praying. Once he starts praying. Father, starts, in the name of because Jesus. He can't stop the preaching. And, so once he starts praying, I'll just leave. It was that bad. So... Time on, and I was a head boy. I was also an SU president as well, so I knew the scriptures. <laughs> so I. <laughs> and what happened when you went to the university? So of when Ghana? I came to the University of Ghana, it became worse. You know, a young guy coming from Kumasi, and uh, you've been to Accra, no father control, nothing. I mean, it was an amazing time. So I started. I joined with some Kumasi friends, we call Siano guys. You know, we used to fool around, we used to go out. I mean, we used to do a lot of bad things. You know, so. I remember Dr. L.P. Abigail used to come to my room and she'd be like, you have to go to church. And I'll tell her I'm a Muslim. So it, it, my door was marked as, I used to mention a particular, um, I don't know how to put it, like kind of um, a secret society that I joined. So when they come, I tell them that I'm in this secret society. They'll be like, oh, this room, they don't go there. He's, a, he's, a, he's an awkward guy. So everybody knew me. And my roommate was a big time foster. He used to spray dollars in my room. So what changed my life? He died. Your roommate died. He died. The one I who mean, was the big time froster. The one who, who supplied the group with money. Reverend Paul, when his girlfriend visits him, he gives the girlfriend dollars as transport. It was that bad. So, when he died, in fact, I became very scared. I was very, very scared. Like, if this guy, I mean... Can then, die. Can die. I mean, what, 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 what's my life? So, I decided to go to church because daddy came on campus for a crusade in 2012. To, um, there was a, 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 a crusade. So I said, okay, let me just try. So I, stand, I went there, I sat down. Daddy started preaching about Lazarus. But you see, because I knew the word of God, I used to attend Deeper Life Church, and they preach about Bible. So when Daddy started talking about salvation, Lazarus, I said, this man is a man of God. Because normally churches, you go to preach about 
prosperity. This. So when I heard him, I said, no, they have to stay and listen because he has a good word. And Otaku, I didn't know what happened. I just moved in front. And daddy pointed at me. I mean, it was that serious. He pointed at me. He came and I said, you, you, I want you to give your life to Christ. I said, ah, why? As my father called him already. <laughs> so, I mean, that day I gave my life to Christ. Yeah, things were a little bit still difficult for me. And one thing I want to thank daddy. Daddy, thank you for creating ministry, a lot of ministries in the church for some of us to be part. Because when I joined the church, I joined the busing ministry. We used to bus people around, working directly under L.P. Mercy and Bishop Prince. And in fact, they never looked down on me. I was a very bad boy, Reverend Paul. But they never looked down on me. They would give me opportunity time after time, time after time, coming to church, listening to the word of God, pot and altar. For me to pray for five hours, man, I mean, <laughs> it's my father, I tell you. So I had to send a video to my dad that, look, I was sitting there from this time to this time praying. And God has blessed my life. I'm happy. And today being my birthday, I want to... You want to thank God? I want to thank God for adding another year to my year. And also, I want to thank the prophet, Reverend Joshua, all the pastors, for, for helping us. I mean, look, it's okay. thank you very much. <laughs> Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. And let's welcome Maxine to share the final testimony for today. She's with the Greater Love Gospel Choir. Hallelujah. Amen. Maxine, what has God done for you? Hi, everyone. My name is Maxine, and I'd like to share my testimony of how the prophecies of our prophet came to pass practically in my life. So um, in February, the prophet prophesied during um, communion time, and he said that, May the mistakes of your life, may your shortcomings, your errors be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. And I said, Amen. I received the testimony. And um, a few weeks before that, I'd written my final exams. Final exams? Yes. In school? Yes. With school? Medical school. Okay. Accra College of Medicine. So we'd written our exams and we're waiting for our results to come out. And it was quite a bit of time of waiting and I was anxious. Everyone was antsy because we didn't know how it would turn out. Now, when the results came out finally, I, I failed one of my courses and I was very sad because I've never failed anything like a course like that in my life. So I was really sad about it. And surprisingly, two other courses that most people failed, I actually passed and I even got a credit in one of them. So I was very confused because when I wrote this other exam, I didn't feel like nervous or like I was going to fail or anything like that. So I was, I was very sad. And I talked to my parents about it and they said, well, find out what went wrong so that you don't repeat the mistake again and you just write the reset. So I said, okay. Now, a few weeks after that, so these first results were posted on a notice board, but they said they were going to personally email us our results as well. Now, before they did that, one of the school administrators came to our class and he said there had been an error in the exam calculations for one of the courses, a computer error. So they noticed that some of the marks changed for certain students. And the changes that happened, marks were going up. So I was like, oh God, please let it be me. And you had a word in church. Yes. What did you hear? That the mistakes, your errors, and your shortcomings will be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. So a few weeks later, we got um, emails with our results. And when I opened the email and I looked at the course, it said pass. And the best thing is I passed like on the dots. The pass mark is 60%. And I looked at it and I had exactly 60%. Oh, give the Lord a mighty shout of praise. Hallelujah. 
whatever past mark there is, you will make it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So I want to encourage everyone to believe the prophecies and accept the prayers. Because at this time, I didn't even know that there was a cause that I would be failing or anything. But I was receiving it. So you might also be receiving for future circumstances that you don't even know about. And I want to say thank you so much, Daddy, for praying for us, for prophesying over our lives, and for blessing us. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for that powerful testimony. I also want to thank God for good news ahead yesterday. May you receive good news too in Jesus' name. And the three of them still don't have beloveds. Stand to your feet. Are you excited for what comes next? It's, it's time for the word. I didn't hear you. I said it's time for the word. It's time for your blessing. It's time for your life to be changed. The Bible says they go from strength to strength. Everyone that appears before God in Zion. How many of you came from a far place, you traveled from somewhere to come here. I am announcing to you that you're going from strength to yet another level of strength. You're going from one level of blessing to a higher level of blessing. You're going from one level of wisdom to a higher level of wisdom by the power of the word of God. If you believe in miracles, if you believe in the power of God, if you believe in the supernatural, then give the Lord a shout of praise, a hand clap, as we welcome to the stage. One more time, our very own prophet, Bishop Dag, he reveals. Come on, everyone, sing it. Nothing is impossible. It's impossible when you trust in His word. Coming to the voice of God to thee. Is there anything too hard for me? to be here today we are thankful in the name of Jesus speak to every heart as we gather here today by your mighty power in Jesus name and everyone said amen you may be seated this morning I want to share with you about the anointed life 
the anointed life because you are being anointed by the Holy Spirit. Exodus chapter 19. And we're going to read from verse 1. In the third month, when the children of Israel were gone forth out of the land of Egypt, the same day they came into the wilderness of Sinai, for they were departed from Rephidim and were come to the desert of Sinai and had pitched in the wilderness. And there Israel camped before the mountain. And Moses went up unto God, And the Lord called him out of the mountain, saying, Thus shalt thou say to the house of Jacob, and tell the children of Israel, You have seen what I did unto the Egyptians, and how I bear you on eagles' wings, and brought you unto myself. Now therefore, If you will obey my voice indeed and keep my covenant, you shall be a peculiar treasure unto me above all people, for all the earth is mine. Verse number six, and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests. And a holy nation. These are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. It says, you shall be to me a kingdom of priests. Amen. So God's wish for us is to be a whole kingdom of priests. Okay? So this is what he was trying to make Israel into. A nation of priests. Everybody's a priest. You know, and a priest is somebody who comes before God. Hallelujah. A priest is somebody who comes to God to present petitions. Somebody who is close to God. Somebody who can pray for others. Somebody who works in the house of the Lord. So, when I share with you about the importance of you working for the Lord, it's not because I am against your profession. No, it's because I'm trying to help us to become a nation of priests. God wants all of us to be priests. He wants all of us to be priests and all of us to serve him. In a certain way. Are you excited about that? Do you want to be a nation of priests? Or you want to be a nation of something else? What other possibilities are there? You could be a nation of what? Thieves. Or a nation of what? Huh? Fornicators. Or a nation of what? Footballers. Or a nation of what? Fraudsters. Mercy. A nation of what? 
They can be many things. Okay? But he wants us to be a nation of priests. Are you happy that you can be a priest? Now, unfortunately, the some churches, I shall say, have given an impression of what it means to be a priest. It's like a priest wears these robes and mysteriously comes to the church. You see him once a week and seems to be quite weird in the sense that he's different from everybody else. Then he speaks from the Bible words which don't seem so realistic and practical. Derek Prince said, you know, as a member of the Anglican Church when he was a young man, he said he concluded that if the mission of the church was what was being given to him then, in his experience in the Anglican Church, then the church was a failure. I'm quoting him. And in my experience, when I went to church as a young person, I will not mention the churches that I went went to, but one of them begins, the name begins with an A, another one, the name begins with a C, and another one, the name begins with an R. You can choose, you can find it in the alphabet, you can check the, you can Google churches whose name begins with A, C, and R. But I hated church. Like our brother was saying, he hated church. I, I disliked it intensely. I dislike hymns. Up till today, it's a problem I have. I don't know hymns. And I don't like them much. It's only the word hymns is in the Bible. That's the only thing that allows any hymns near my life. But it, it represented dead religion. Very off-putting. You know? So, when you say the word priest... You know, that's why in the modern, more modern churches like the charismatic church, we don't use the word priest. We say, I'm a pastor. We don't say, I'm a priest. But there's nothing wrong with priest, but it's only what it's, what, what it's been, what we've known as what a priest is. You know? And perhaps the most striking characteristic of what we've known as priests is the deadness of the church. It's like you, you, need to, you need to sit through ceremonies, rituals, and formalities, you know, to go through. That's what it means to go to church with songs and things you can't hear the words of and words you don't know what is being said all the time. So the deadness of the church, and many of you don't know this because you never attended those, but when we were growing up, that was all that there was. I was saying that you wouldn't know much about this church because you didn't attend it. 
But for those of us who attended, had to attend. It was all dead. Religion. You get it? So, very important to know that being a priest is a, rather a good thing. And our God actually intended that everybody will be a priest. Amen. Which is another way of saying everybody. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1. First Peter chapter 2, verse 1. It says, Wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile, as newborn babies desire the sincere milk that you may grow, if so be that you have tasted of the Lord, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, you also as lively stones, okay, lively stones are built up as a spiritual house. A holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Alright? So here it says, you are also as lively stones. Okay? So living, you notice liveliness, very important. Are built up a spiritual house and a holy priesthood. So, we have priest, a priesthood. Now, in verse 9, you see a song Christians sing all the time. It says, you are a chosen generation. A royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar people. That you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. So, verse 9, if we want to stay with our theme, is saying that you are a chosen generation. You are chosen. Okay? And you are a royal priesthood. Now, it didn't say... Some people amongst you are a royal priesthood, but you are a royal priesthood. So here again, you can see that the priest's vision of God is continuing, where he is envisaging a whole community and nation of priests. And like I say, some people have given the church an impression, I've given an impression about the priesthood, all right, that it is something not lively or not even so nice to do. You get what I'm saying? Now, um, but I believe, for instance, the name... um, you know, a person's life can give an imp- can impart something to a name, like Judas. The, the, the name Judas is actually a good name. You know, it means something good. But because of what Judas has done, 
it has imparted negativity to the name Judas. And because of that, nobody wants the name. In the same way, a, a, a certain picture has been imparted to the, what do you call it, the um, priesthood. Now, what I, was, I just came from England. We had a camp meeting there. And um, when we went out for a break, one of our members met a lady, a white lady who was out there, and she asked, asking, what are you doing here? What is this? Because they had written on a, on a T-shirt, am I good for nothing? Because the theme of the camp was, am I good for nothing? Bible says, if salt has lost its saltiness, it is good for nothing. So, she asked, what are you, what is this? And she explained and showed her the scripture in Matthew. Now, the lady said, wow, this is a very good thing. You, you need to keep preaching such things. She, and she said, I belong to a church and we have seven parishes, which is seven buildings. Seven churches. And there's no pastor for any of the churches. We have nobody. So she said that her husband, who is not a pastor, has to double up. And in fact, some of the churches, you know, have one pastor for three different churches. I I was speaking to one priest, a lady priest. And I said, so she was saying, oh, she preached there, she prayed. I said, oh, that's beautiful, that's beautiful. That's, how many people were in the church? Oh, 24. And I said, so what is the age of the people? She said, oh, everybody is about 50. Yes. You see? So you see that the deadness of the church is just too devastating all over. So being a priest is not a dead job. It's actually even you notice the word lively stones that there must be life and where there's life there's movement and there's sound. There's sound, there's movement. There's growth. There's increase. So where there's death, there's silence. So when we come to church it's not a place to be silent. It's not a place there's no movement, no activity. And then also, where there is life, there are always young ones. The other day, I was driving by, and I saw a dog with about five or six puppies that it was leading on the road. And I realized that there's life there, but there were some young ones. Because where there is life, there will always be young ones coming up. So, it's a blessing when we see life and we see young ones and we, we are even encouraged to become priests. So I don't, I don't want you to worry about the job you are doing. Oh, I'm a, I'm a carpenter for Jesus. I'm a lawyer for Jesus. Yes, that is fine. But you are going to be a priest for Jesus too. Every, everybody, God wants everybody to be a priest. God wants you to be a priest. You know, where you're going to be offering up spiritual sacrifices that's what the scripture says to offer up 
spiritual sacrifices. So your sacrifices are spiritual. So your, some of your sacrifice, a sacrifice of praise, sacrifice of prayer, sacrifice of your offering, your, your finances, sacrifice of your life, okay, to the Lord. Some would give their whole lives from the time that you are young. You give your whole life to Jesus for Jesus to use you for his work. Amen. Is this beautiful? Do you like the idea of being a priest? Okay, you are, you, you'll be a priest who even wears a t-shirt. It's fine. A, a priest wearing a, a, a jersey, a soccer jersey. You get what I'm saying? It's fine. God is okay with that. There's no mention of all these robes here. There's no uniform. You can be a priest with a nice, funky hairstyle. You can, get, you can even have a wig. A priest with a wig. Why not? I mean, lawyers wear wigs and no one is complaining. Why not have one of some of our sisters wearing wigs and being priests? You know? And it never, it never says a priest should be a girl or a boy. You know? A priest is a priest. And a lot of girls are going to be priests. Can I have an amen? amen. It's a nation of priests. A whole nation of priests. It's like the whole church can be priests. Priests, 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 priests. Are you with me? Yeah. So, I don't want you to be... um, put off by the idea of becoming a priest. Now, to be a priest of God is, means you are going to have an anointed life. Amen. And how many want to know more about this anointed life of a priest? Beautiful. So, number one. Leviticus chapter 8. And verse 30, I want us to see um, the life of a priest. Number one, Leviticus chapter 8, verse 30. It says, And Moses took of the anointing oil and of the blood which was on the altar and sprinkled it upon Aaron and upon his garments and upon his sons. And upon his son's garments with him. And sanctified Aaron. And sanctified his garments. And sanctified his sons. And his son's garments with him. So you see that. When you become a priest. Aaron was becoming a priest. He was sanctified. Hallelujah. With the oil. And with the blood. So the blood of Jesus. Washes you. Of your wickedness. And all your past. And even your present. And then the oil. Sanctifies you. Now. Sanctify means to make you holy. You know. Now don't you see. You become worried about. This word holy. You know, when you think of yourself and how you are, you become disturbed. But I don't want you to be disturbed. Because it is God who is sanctifying you. Yes. When he puts the oil on you, 
you are qualified. It's like a man who puts a ring on a woman's hand, you know, or on the person you are marrying. You know, you don't have to be worried about the fact that you don't feel different. You are different because the ring has been put on your hand. And the ring means whatever it means. So once the oil has been put on you, you are sanctified. All right? And you are privileged. Which is the way we should see marriage. When a ring is put on your finger, you should see that and feel that you are privileged. Wow! I've been chosen. Wow! What an honor. But that's not how we see it now. It's like an agreement between two equal parties. I give and you give. In Tina, we are experiencing quarrels. Because once we are equal, we can quarrel. Once we are not equal, we can't quarrel. And nobody quarrels with me in the church because I'm not equal to anybody in the church. Nobody quarrels. Nobody even says any funny comment to me or is quiet on me. I've not experienced that. Yeah, because I mean in the church, no one feels is equal to me. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, but the ring is supposed to signify you are chosen. You are blessed. You are honored. Because there's nothing much you do to qualify for it. Is it? And that's the reality. You can't qualify. When Peter went to heal the man at the temple who had been lame from his mother's womb, people were looking at him. And he answered and said, Why look on us as though by our own holiness or our own power we had made this man to walk? You can't make somebody to walk by your own power or your own holiness. Your power is not enough. You know it. You can't even heal a mosquito. Look, try today. If you have mosquitoes in your house, you you know how to catch mosquitoes. Now, if you live in Ghana, you must know how to catch mosquitoes. You must be able to catch with your right hand and your left hand. And then also with a clap. Do you know how to do it? Like this or like this? Yeah. And then like this. So now when you catch it, don't do it too hard so that you just sort of... No, you don't kill the mosquito. It will still be alive. It's wounded. And then look carefully at the legs. You'll see that you've broken some of the legs. And sometimes they can't even stand. Have you seen that before? Try healing it and see if it will be healed. See whether your healing anointing can start from there. To heal a mosquito's leg. To see whether your anointing and your holiness can cure a mosquito's leg. That is where you will see that you are nothing. You have nothing. So that's why Peter said that why are you looking so earnestly on us? Like you are looking so closely and intensely at us as though by our own power or by our own holiness we have made this man to walk. There is no power you can ever have and there is no holiness you can ever accomplish that will be good enough. So, as a priest, as we were reading in Leviticus, 
He puts his oil on you to sanctify you. Like Jesus said, you are clean through the word I have spoken. Not through your own behavior. You are clean through the word I have spoken to you. So today, God is making you holy. Amen. If the number of lustful waves you have had passing through your being are to be used to discount holiness. Like, I don't know what will be left of us. We're finished. We're finished. Hmm. Thank God for his mercy. Amen. Now, number two, Leviticus chapter 10. I'm giving you scriptures to show you how becoming a priest means you are becoming sanctified, separated. Leviticus chapter 10 and verse 3. Notice, and Moses said to Aaron, this is that which the Lord spake. I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. All right? So God is saying, if you're going to come near him, you need to be sanctified or made holy. So you cannot just be as you are. You need to be sanctified and made sanctified, holy, and special. Everybody say sanctified. Holy. Now, when you read the Bible, you will notice the word holy is used with many objects, non-living objects, like the holy temple, holy tabernacle, holy garments, holy ground. These are things that cannot sin. They don't have feelings. Have you seen a temple going to buy cigarettes before? Have you seen a holy garment going shopping before to go and buy some beer or alcohol? No. No. So the holiness, you see, I I found God, one of the dictionaries is for, I like using dictionaries which are for children because it gives the, usually the best explanation. I use a dictionary for, you know, children to check the meaning of holy. And holiness, they define it as being made special because you are used for religious purposes. So it, you become special and used for religious purposes. So your life is now special and you will be used for religious purposes. Wow! Is that not wonderful? It, it cannot be that Holiness is when you stop having feelings. <laughs> no, no, you can never be holy. How many have some bad feelings sometimes? Sisters, I want only sisters who have bad feelings sometimes to raise your hand. This side there are no girls. It seems there's only just a few girls here. These sisters, they don't have feelings here. Feelings? Feeling free? Let's see this side. See feelings? Feelings? Okay, sisters, put that in hand. Brothers, brothers. 
Wow. All here. Wow. Now, if you say God is holy, 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 Lord God, oh. does it mean that God doesn't fornicate? Is it what it means? God has stopped committing fornication. That's why God is holy now. God has stopped drinking. No, God is very special. God is very great. How many understand what I'm talking about? So God is sanctifying you and making you a special person with a special life, a unique life, so that you can be his priest. Are you ready to live an anointed life? Beautiful. Hmm. Number three, scripture. Exodus 28 verse 41. Thou shalt put them on Aaron thy brother and with his sons and shall anoint them and consecrate. So anointing consecrates you and sanctifies you that they may minister unto me in the priest's office. Okay? So thou shalt put them on Aaron. That is, you put the garments on him and then anoint him. Anoint them. Wow. And consecrate. Consecrate means dedicate. Like I am dedicated to the church, to God. I don't work for anybody except God. I am dedicated. My intelligence, my knowledge, and everything I am and everything I have is dedicated to God's work in the church. I don't work for political parties. I don't advance the cause of businesses, politics, nothing. Only God. That's the meaning of consecration. Consecrate. Okay, Charlie, check consecrate. Put it up, consecrate, because people are challenging me. I can feel the challenge. Yeah, I think maybe they don't get the English. English weren't working. Consecrate, please. What is the meaning of consecrate? To declare or otherwise make something holy. Wow. Beautiful. So, the anointing makes you, declares you holy. Consecrate means dedicated, devoted, sacred. Now look at it. To make or declare to be appropriate for sacred uses. Wow. Say I want to be appropriate for sacred uses. Amen. To set apart unreservedly Wow. I think it's good enough. Well, it's no door, so like salad is trying to come here. So, to set apart, to dedicate, to devote to the service of worship, isn't it? To appropriate. Wow. So, God is making you appropriate, proper. You are a nice girl for God. 
Oh, I said you are a nice girl for God. Now, when you are going to do beauty queen, they have to... Um, improve you to make you appropriate for the beauty queen. Queenship. Is it not amazing? You'll be made appropriate for the queenly queen's jobs. You have to wear this clothes, this session, so much makeup. Or if you're going to be a bride, they make you up. But let me tell you something. Many times people put on makeup, they become more ugly than they are in real life. How many brothers will agree with me? Put down your hand. How many sisters will also agree with me? So don't allow some stranger to come and make you up for your wedding. Tell them, man, I don't need that. We, we used to have weddings all for years without a special makeup person coming. It's all, it's all somebody's business. They're trying to make you that you need this and you need that. The other day I saw somebody looking like a ghost. She was getting married and she was looking like a ghost. You know what a ghost is? A ghost is a dead person. How many have been for uh, funerals and you see the person lying there? The person looks scary. It's like you, you make the person look so different. Even a dead body, if you, 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 if you are concerned about how the person looks, you even go, because makeup artists will also come to the dead body. And do so much, but the time the person comes, you, you think that it's an Italian witch who's, who's arrived there. Yeah. With a lot of calves and curls, all sorts of things. This is just by the side, it's not part of the preaching. I'm just. Some of you are far nicer without all this makeup. And when you tell them, they don't believe. Come on, you've painted your face. You are sweating, the oil is coming down, so many things. Why? I mean, that's what you do when people marry you, they, they are disappointed. When they marry and you wipe your face and they say, Jebei. They start speaking in tongues or, or they start shouting, Wazabanga. They don't even know what it means. Alright. So, very, very important for you to know that God is putting his oil on you to dedicate you and make you devoted. So everybody here is supposed to become devoted to God. You don't have to be a full-time pastor to be devoted to God. Yes. Uh, you know, one of the greatest uh, men of God that I know of, Bishop Oedipo, he was saying the other day, and I, I, I used to, he said that the motto, I was with him and I asked him, when you say the word covenant, because all his things are named covenant something. Covenant university, covenant this, covenant that. So I said, when you say covenant, which covenant do you, are you talking about? I thought it was something to do with Moses. He said, no. 
He said he read Matthew 6.33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all things shall be added. And he said when he saw this. That if I seek first the kingdom of God. And his righteousness. All things will be added. He said I decided to make a covenant with God. And he wrote a covenant He made a covenant with God. And even when he was getting a beloved, he gave her the condition. He said, look, this is the condition and the covenant. Sign it here. You are joining the commission. He was not a pastor. This is the point I want to make. He was not a pastor. He said, I had no intentions of becoming no pastor. He used the word no pastor, no mission to no world. I have no such plans. Just a Christian. Just a normal Christian making a covenant with God. That I'm going to put God first. And seek him first. And everything else will be added unto me. This is the covenant I make with God. Not as a pastor. Not as somebody who is going to the world to go and preach. Just as a Christian. That God will be first. You You can't say that about many people. Definitely you can't say that about most politicians. The politics is first and God is second. You can't say that about many people in many things. God is not first. But today can become the day, and I believe today is the day, where God becomes first. And you become a priest, a special priest, serving God. Whatever your job is. And how much more if you are in the ministry, you must be dedicated to God to do his will. Amen. Amen. Number four, keep going. Sanctified, Leviticus chapter 10, verse 7. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle lest you die for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you and they did according to the word of the Lord so there now seem to be some restrictions you cannot go out of the door because the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you amen now in Leviticus chapter 10 Let's read from verse 1. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein, and put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Now these were priests. Nadab and Abihu were priests. The sons of Aaron, they were priests. Now they offered and did things which they were not supposed to do. Now look look at what happened in verse 2. There went out fire from the Lord and devoured them and they died before the Lord. And Moses said unto Aaron, This is that which the Lord spake, saying, 
I will be sanctified. In other words, I will be special. I will be special in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. So, when you become sanctified and anointed for his work, as we are going to be anointed again today, you must realize that there are some things that you are restricted from doing that make you special. You are special now. When you are special, you know, you are special. You know, even me in my small world, if you work for me, there are some adjustments you have to make. Because there are some things that don't work with me. And if you don't make those adjustments, it just don't going to work. It doesn't, it doesn't flow with me. One of the things that you need to add, cor- correct is to, you need to talk. I, 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 I'm not comfortable with quiet people. I become nervous. You shouldn't be comfortable with quiet people. What are they thinking they are not saying? Why are you so happy with people who don't talk? They have a thought in their head. What are they planning? That they will say when they are out of your presence. But in your presence, not a word. So, Working with God as an anointed priest, definitely there are going to be some restrictions, some changes that have to come in your life. And when it comes to fornication, which most of us, when you hear the word holiness, I say fornication. I've not fornicated, so I'm holy. You see, it's a limited definition. It's a limited definition. But it's one of the things which, because every, a normal person in normal life, fornicators, it is the, I mean, it is the most normal thing that people engage in. Yes, from a certain age. If they don't commit, they are not in fornication, there may be, there must be some reason. But it's what everybody is doing. So then you become unusual, you become special when you restrict your life from those activities. So you see that you are now different because you, you cut those things. Out. That's actually what it is. But it's not that that act makes you holy or the absence of that. Otherwise, when you are married and you are doing the do, it will mean that every time you do the do, you are unholy. Are you still here or you are leaving? Yes. So, what God is trying to tell us is that when you are serving him, he will make you live a little unusual life. And you will have a sort of oddities about you that make you different. A nation of priests. That's why he made the Israelites, all of them circumcised. Now maybe you don't know because 
maybe in your country, circumcision is practiced. But I tell you, in many countries, nobody is circumcised. Nobody is circumcised. You don't circumcise a child when he's born. Never. Yes. It doesn't doesn't come in. Many, many countries, people are not circumcised. In Africa, in Asia, in Europe, they are not circumcised at all. So for God to tell the Israelites that be circumcised and be ought, it was a very unusual. So that's why they used to call Philistines, those uncircumcised Philistines. It's like, you've not been circumcised. You've not gone through this. That has made you unique. Are you with me? And then in recent times, circumcision has been linked to health because they claim that there are certain infections and the spread of HIV is more with uncircumcised people. So it has also been linked to health as though it's like a health practice. But really, it's an unusual practice by a group of people. Are you still here or you have left? Tell your neighbor, find out if your neighbor is still around. Are you, are you around? Are you awake? Are you alive? Do you understand what the man is talking about? And check at the back, please, at the back. Do you understand what they are talking about in the church? What is the point of coming to church if you don't understand what is being said? Do you guys understand the preaching? Raise your hand if you understand the preaching over here. Beautiful. Okay. So, from today, don't be angry if you are different. God anoints you and you'll be different. Yes. So, if every girl has a sugar daddy with a pot belly, and you don't have a sugar daddy with a pot belly, it's because you are anointed. Wow. Is it not powerful? So I'm anointed, so I don't have a sugar daddy with a pot belly. I don't need a sugar daddy with no pot belly. No sugar, no pot, no belly. Amen. Yes. You are special to God. If you are a young man and you are not having sex with girls and people are laughing at you and saying, ah, you must conquer and be conquered. You must go forth as a conqueror to conquer the ladies, to conquer the girls. You, 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 you have to say, no, I am anointed. Uh, my life is different. Yeah, I, and I have accepted it. I'm marked with oil. I'm marked by the anointing. The anointing is on my life. I'm a different person. My life is different because I am anointed. All these differences, you must embrace them happily. You know, when I see Jews, you know, I, I recently traveled on El Al. You know El Al? It's an Israeli, Israeli plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's different from every other plane. Oh, yes. It's different from any other, flying with any other uh, aeroplane. Yes. When you even get to the place where they are going to board, you will see that you've come to where Jews are. Wow. Yes. You see them. Even you can see this, these people are different. You see, and it's a nation which has not minded being different. That's one of the reasons why they've, they've, they've been isolated sometimes and targeted. 
Because you can see them. When you see a Jew, you see, unless there are some Jews who don't, who hide it. Like once I was sitting by a lady, I was witnessing that. She told me, I'm a Jew. I'm a Jew. So I only go to Jewish school. And they, they only live together. And all their things are together. Yes. Saturday they don't work. You, you, you will feel it. When somebody says, I don't work on Saturday, you will feel it. They have a button to press on Saturdays in the lift. Because to press, they are going to second floor or 18th floor is work. So they have an automatic one that you don't press so that you don't work on Saturdays. Yes. You just stand in it and it goes by itself. Today is Saturday, so no work. It's beautiful. Tell your neighbor, you like being like everybody too much. You like being like everybody. It's, it's a bad characteristic. God wants special people and strange looking people that he blesses in a special way and he makes them live in a special way. Yes. And until you are ready for that, you are not ready for God's blessings. Because apart from that, they are the, then, yes, they are strange. They, are odd. they have the most billionaires per their group than any other group in the world. Billionaires. Richest. Huh? Nobel Prize winners. More scientists, more discoveries, more of anything than any, any group. Anything that is good. Yes. Amazing. So, being odd comes with odd blessings too. How many want some strange blessings to follow you? I was 29 years old when I moved into my own house. I was in my 20s. Receive that grace. I said receive that grace. When God anoints you, you become straight. I was straight in my medical school class. I was taken out. Everybody was moving on with a top speed to become gynecologist, pathologist, this, that. And I was suddenly out in a classroom. Strange. In a classroom with 28 people. That I'm, I'm a pastor. <laughs> right in the same kolebu. In not even in the medical school, but in the school of hygiene. Classroom block. How strange. And how odd. But you see, with the oddity come also odd and unusual blessings. Last week I was walking through one of the palaces in London. Yes. Oh, yes. I was taken to the House of Commons. It was all part of my visit. And to the house of lords. Oh my God, they said this is where the queen sits. Yes. For coronation. Yes. The one, the one who. Uh, what do you call it? How do you say? Put the crown on. The queen. The coronation. The one who conducts it. He's the one who was taking us around. He anoints the queen. Yes. I was just amazed at where I was. What we see on television, I was there. You are going to see unusual things in your life. Things you never thought. What we 
And I was there because I was a pastor. I was there because I I was odd. I'm an odd fellow. Odd person. Hmm? No, no, doctors will not go there. Doctors will not go there. They have four statues before you enter the House of Commons. Winston Churchill, the Prime Minister during the Second World War, and another one, the Prime Minister who was there during the First World War, and Margaret Thatcher, and another person who brought the Labour government things like NHS and so on. Four of them statues. So when they are going in for the first time, they, they hold Winston Churchill's foot and then they move in. Yeah. Huh? Are you still around? Yes. Being odd also comes with odd things, odd blessings, odd experiences. Yes. Yeah. If you accept the strangeness of God's calling on your life, you will be a strange person in your family. I promise you that. You will be strange in your family. When Bishop Eddie's mother died recently, I asked him, well, we are family, what would they... He told me, look, everything is up to me, what I decide. Wow. Yes. I mean, you, you, you think that you become... You, when you come and serve God, you, you become nothing. But it rather changes your life if you are prepared to follow him. And if you are prepared to walk under that anointing and all the restrictions that there are under that anointing, you will come to a place where you will see that Yes, it has been a strange life, but it has also been a blessed life. Lift your hand and say, I want a strange life, and I want a blessed life of following Jesus. Please listen to my words, oh, because in 40 years' time, I don't know if I'm going to be around, but many of you may be around. You have to listen to the word. We are preaching to you so that you hear the word of God and follow Follow God, follow the anointing, follow being a lively priest, a lively stone, a royal priesthood. God really likes you for Him to have chosen you. Charlie, we are lucky, Pa. You know, it's amazing that people are chosen for things and they they bluff. It's amazing. Now, let me give you 15 restrictions of the anointed life number one an anointed that is if I give you all I may not give you all but let's see an anointed person must not have much to do with the dead write it down an anointed person must not have much to do with the dead so when you are anointed in Leviticus 21 Verse 1, he was now talking to priests and he said, and the Lord said to Moses, speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron and say, there shall none be defiled for the dead among his people. None defiled for the dead among his people. Yes, A, a priest will not be defiled, must not be defiled by the dead. And they had many 
restrictions. And in verse 2, he says, But for his king that is near him, that is for his mother and for his father and for his son and his daughter and for his brother and for his sister a virgin, that is nine unto him, which has no husband. For her may he be defiled. Now, whatever that word means, the dead is what he is saying, that there is something that brings a defilement for a priest when it comes to the dead. And he was saying that it's only for a close relative that you can be defiled. So whatever it is, you can sense and see, because when we read the Old Testament, it is often giving us examples and wisdom for us to see. Now, a culture which is steeped in doing a lot of things around the dead it's not a good culture. So in our church, we are also, you know, when somebody dies today, it has become a party for some people. What is it called? Bonyo party. Yes. You can keep a dead body in the mortuary for months on end and many things done i mean like if you want specially one week celebration there was never a one week celebration now the one week celebration has become another so you 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 see whatever the word defiled means it's like you are affected and it, it it involves you with the dead for some time a lot of rituals a lot of things you know Brazil, if you die today, tomorrow you are buried or the same day. This one is from Brazil. When do they bury you? Um, when you died in the morning by 4 o'clock, you should be buried. Why? Um, they don't have mortuaries and they don't want to mingle with the dead. They don't have mortuaries. They don't want that. They say they celebrate life. They don't celebrate death. So they have parties for the living in Brazil. Yes. Yes, there are three strange things I saw in Brazil, and that was one of them. You die today, you'll be buried today or tomorrow. Where relatives are there, not around, it doesn't matter. No, 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 no. So, I am saying this in the church. You know, in our church now, number one, we have come up with the policy that we don't travel for funerals. No, if there's a funeral, don't go. Unless it's very, very important. Don't travel for any funeral. Number two, we don't do that reception that they do. We have banned it from our church. We only, we only give you water and you go home. Because when you, wait, wait, don't, don't, don't. When you come to church and we have whatever, if there's water, we give water and then you go. But after all, when you come to church, you do, are you expecting food? Like when we finish church, we are going to eat jollof rice and apapransa and water outside. Go, go for a loan for don't go for any loan for any funeral. There are special loans. The bank have understood our culture, and they have special sections for loans for funerals, where you go for a loan, then you go and do the funeral, then you reap whatever you can get, then come and pay back, and then you dance and party over somebody's death. It's not my culture. I reject that culture. I refuse that culture, and I will not advise you to travel anywhere for anybody's funeral. 
the pastors in that area will do the burial and they'll be okay. Yeah. How many people have died useless death going to funerals and coming back for funerals? Even recently, Akosombo here, there was a seven people died coming from a, going to a funeral of, of a staff member. VRA staff member, yeah. Staff member's relative. But what I'm saying is, the dead, now that you are anointed, things about dead is out of your life. I had a friend, every Friday his mother goes to, she baths the dead. It's not even related to, she baths the body, does every Friday. She is part of the funeral of every funeral. Friday is her life. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you want to show honor to somebody, show it when the person is alive. Don't wait for your mother to die. Don't wait for your father to die before you say you are carrying 20 people to go taking your whole office to go there to go and on a he can't see it he can't see painting the house doing paint the house today paint it tomorrow organize two bottles of azar two buckets of azar paint to the house with a paintbrush it will be painted beautifully change the curtains now what else do they change curtains paint furniture they buy new furniture ah. They stock up the house with drinks, water, food. They make a road. Banners. Make a billboard of the person. Invitation cards. So, from today, you are looking towards life. In Jesus' name. Amen. So anointed people, you are not a mean to a funeral person. No, 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 no. You are not. I'm reading from the Bible. Number two. An anointed person, number verse five. Leviticus 21 is where we are. In Leviticus chapter 21 and verse five, it says, they shall not make boldness Upon their head. (laughs) Neither shall they shave off the corner of their beards. (laughs) Nor make any cuttings in their flesh. They shall be holy unto their God. And not profane the name of their God. For the offerings of the Lord made by fire and the bread of their God. Amen. So here he says... They shall not make baldness. Now, what is the baldness about? In 1 Corinthians 11 verse 15, it says, If a, ma- a woman has long hair, it is a glory to her. For her hair is given her for a covering. A hair is given her for a covering. So your hair is a covering. So the baldness, when you have a priest who has shaved off all his hair, it signifies that he has nobody over him. 
Are you with me? Yes. So it's not about your hairstyle. Because people have, all those who are shaving their hair completely, it's because they are going bald usually, and they just make it as if it's a hairstyle, but it's not really a hairstyle. It's just to camouflage the baldness. (laughs) But you must have a covering. There is nothing like an anointed person who doesn't have a covering over your head. Cover my defenseless head. We used to sing a song like that. Cover my defenseless head. You know, you must learn to respect the power of somebody over you. It's very, very important to have a covering over your head, like your pastor or your prophet or a leader, or a father over your head. You know, when my father died, the main thing that I felt was that I was exposed to the environment. Yes. Because there is no reference anymore. There is no reference to the person. You have nobody to sort of ask or refer to on any matter. It's you who have to think and decide. And a woman needs a covering even more. A wife. Because the Bible says because of the angels. Because they're exposed to a lot of evil spirits. And you are exposed to a lot of evil spirits. So you must not be without a covering. When you are without a covering, bam, things can come directly to you. And certain attacks will not work because you are under a covering. Don't throw a stone at the person who is covering you. One day I was standing somewhere with a pastor and he told me something happened between him and his bishop. And then his bishop stood there and said, I've removed my covering from you. Then he described what happened to him shortly after that. He described what happened, his son, something happened to his son, cardiothoracic um, unit. He mentioned how much money he spent. He mentioned how they were between life and death. Between the, I mean, so many things happened. So, there is nothing like A child without a father. So those of you, first of all, let's start with fathers. Who quarrel with fathers and mothers. A father and a mother, they are are, are, are normal people. If they are not also perfect. A father doesn't mean that he's perfect. I don't know why we, 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 we think this is synonymous with this. You know, a father is not synonymous with perfection or goodness. Because even you are going to be a father one day. Or a mother. Are you good? Are you perfect? No. So, but the father is spiritually a blocker to evil coming into your life. So, don't become independent when you should not be independent. Learn to be dependent. If we were more dependent, even our marriages would be better. Because at the age at which you have to decide... Whom you are going to marry. When you are most beautiful. 
when you are most ready, usually you are not wise. Look at the boyfriends you've had. And how far did it go? You realize that the boys you thought were good and nice were not good and nice. But based on your level of development, you thought so. So if you had had a covering, who could have said to you, no, not this one. One day a sister came to me and said, I want to marry this brother. He has proposed to me from America. I said, wow, America. So you are going to America. And I started to um, enc- um, give her bye-bye and so that she's going. She said, no, I want to know what you think. I said, me? She said, yes. And because she put a lot of pressure on me, I decided to listen to her request. So at a point I said, look, I cannot decipher whether the person is even a believer or not. This is my number. Let him call me. So when he called me and I spoke from America. Hello? Hello? Yes? You are who? He said, I am Mr. Man. I'm after your daughter. After speaking to him for 15 minutes, I said, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Bye-bye. When I saw the sister later, I didn't even have time. When I saw the sister, she was following me. And I said, I just waved my hand and said, no, forget it. Forget it. It's over. She said, amen. And she walked away. America was over. It was gone. Wow. That's the power of a covering. Yes. Otherwise, you are using your own mind. You are using your own mind. And your own mind is limited. You, how many realize what you would have decided Today is different from what you would have decided just five years ago. Five years ago. Yes. So remember the covering that God gives you. And that covering will be the basis of your promotion. Yes. Even recently when I was, I was in this palace, it's just the covering that I have. It just says, come, we are going here. I said, I'm part of it. It's a blessing. When you don't have a cover, you are your own man. You have to fight your way forward in life. Everything you have break, breaking through, personal breakthroughs. When you have a covering, you have somebody who can see beyond what is today. You don't know the trouble that is ahead, I'm telling you. Yes. So, and especially to do with marriage. Don't ever be bald. When you are anointed, you must respect the covering. Yes. Respect it. I, I pray that you be more and more humble so that you can even just be told, marry this one. Like when I told that sister, I said, forget it. I, I didn't even have a meeting. I didn't even have a meeting. I was just walking. I said, forget it. It's, that's what, we didn't, we've never met about it since then. Pray that you'll be such a person that meetings are not needed with you. Just a word. A word. Go this way and it's finished. No, never take all your hair off and be just your scalp to the... Those who have cut off all their hair, you see that the scalp is becoming like this thing, monitor lizard's hair. It is becoming harder. 
to resist the sun, the weather, the sand, the atmosphere. <laughs> you realize that you have to develop resistance from atmospheric pressure. Are you still around? Yes. Beautiful. Hmm. Tell your neighbor, no more boldness. Number three. Third restriction. An anointed person is restricted in his physical appearance. In verse five, he says, must be restricted in your physical appearance. Write it down in that way. So you can't just dress anyhow. Okay? As an anointed person. Verse 5. Neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard. Nor make any cuttings in their flesh. Hmm? Your presentation as an anointed person is now different. You are a dignified and anointed person. You cannot just go around looking the wrong way. In 2 Kings chapter 1, when they were looking for Elijah, they said, what manner of man was he that came to meet you? And they said, he was a hairy man, get with a girdle of leather about his loins. And he said, then it is Elijah the Tishbite. So an anointed person cannot just dress anyhow or be any, live anyway. If you're an anointed sister, you can't just show us your dimensions. Huh? Yes. If somebody has sent you a dress from America, it doesn't mean you should wear it. When it's too short, too small, too tight, too exposing. As an anointed sister and a virgin, hallelujah, you are are restricted. You can't just dress anyhow. Can I have an amen from the sisters? And the brothers too. Yes. You know. You have to know how to conduct yourself as an anointed person. You are not a kubolo boy. You know what is a kubolo boy? Somebody help me. A jimakpala or what? A vagabond. A what? Yes. If you have this rasta hairstyle as a brother, they use egg and whatever to do it. I said, I told her, I said, change your hairstyle. He cannot, an anointed person, there are some things, it doesn't work. There are some restrictions. Amen. Amen. You are more beautiful than any beauty queen, fully dressed. Fully dressed. What do you think? That's when the brothers will even be attracted to you more because you are well covered. Mm. It's only brothers who are, know how to taste prostitutes who look at certain things twice. Yes. Those who don't know prostitutes, they don't know prostitutes, they don't, they don't are not attracted to when they see, they say it's a red flag. This one is dangerous. 
When they see that exposure, I say, ah, strange woman, strange woman is coming. Watch out. Danger. But when you are properly dressed, so in the, when you are anointed, you can't just be any, do anything. Wear anything that you want to wear. Yes. Supposing you came in your bikini to preach. Will it help the anointing? But do people not wear bikini? They wear, but is it, is it the right place to wear bikinis? Number four. Leviticus 21 from verse 7. The next one is an anointed person is restricted in the type of woman you marry. You are restricted when you are anointed. Wow. Hmm. Verse 7. They shall not take a wife that is a whore, a prostitute, or profane. So when you are anointed, the type of woman, neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy God, and he shall be holy unto thee. And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself, playing the whore, she profaneth her father, and she shall be bent with fire. (laughs) And he that is a high priest among his brethren, among whom the anointing oil was poured, that is consecrated to put on the garment, shall not uncover his head. All right? And verse 11 says, Neither shall he go to any dead body nor defile himself for his father. But you see that he's saying, shall be restricted in the type of woman. Verse 13 and verse 14. It says in verse 13, he shall take a wife in her virginity. I don't know why you are shouting. And a widow... A divorced woman, or profane, or unhallowed, these shall he not take, but he shall take a virgin of his own people to wife. Amen. Now, once again, these are symbolic of the fact that who you marry is important to God. You cannot follow if you say you shall not take a virgin, we may have very, we may have just about five or ten people that we can choose from. <laughs> some of the weddings may have to be cancelled. Are you listening? Wave your hand if you understand me as I'm preaching over there, down there. Yes. God is interested in who you marry. You can't marry everybody. Everybody is not good for everybody. He says that you, I will make him a help meet or suitable. Some people are unsuitable. That is there. It's not that they are not beautiful. They are not suitable. They are not suitable. Yes. 
It's not suitable for ministry. Do you understand? Yes. Mike Medoc was trying to find a wife because he didn't have a wife at that point. And he said he took a lady on a somewhere, you know, just to go and see in go and look visit some place. He was just relating with her to see whether she could work. And as he was going, she shouted, she was shouting, she shouted out, You are walking too fast. You got... So he stopped, he said, Come here, let, let me tell you, number one, never raise your voice. Never raise your voice at me. Let me give you a Mike Medoc moment. You need to learn something. Never raise your voice at me when you are working with me. And I will always walk at the pace that I want to walk. And the reason I'm walking fast is because the place we are going is closing. And now we are not going to go anymore because. You are, uh, we cannot get there in time because I've had to take you aside to correct you and we can't get there on time. <laughs> yes, he gave a Mike Maddox moment. <laughs> Never raise your voice. There are some people that may be raising their voice because that's all they grew up raising their voices. And in their houses they were always shouting. So not everybody is suitable. Telling you how to walk. Telling you what to do. And so on. So you have to look carefully. And see for God give me someone. That is good. But at your level you may not see well. Because the old man sitting at the bottom of the Iroko tree. Can see further than the young man who is high up at the top of the Iroko tree. Why is that? Because a young man, even though he's looking, can't see many things. Yes. One day I saw a young man following a lady. I was feeling sorry for him. But he was so happy. His mouth was watering like a hungry leopard. Have you seen dogs with their saliva coming out of their mouth? That's how he was. Drooling. Hey! But I was pitying him. Because I could see further down the line. That's why you don't have to remove your covering. If the person will ever open his mouth to speak, he can see more. Further. You can ask the older people. They know things. They know things. They know things. So, God has somebody. One person you should never marry is somebody who can't receive love. Somebody who has been told all their life. As for a man, he's this. As for a man, he's like this. As for a man. If you get a person like that, you'll never be happy. Because every time you love the person, the person is believing what was told by the mother or the grandmother or the auntie or whoever. As for a man, is this. So, you fall into that category straight because you are a man. A man is a dog. A man is an animal. A man is this. A man is that. A man is that. Yes. I heard that from Mike Meadow this morning. Yes. He said, if you, he said he dated some people. All that he has, what their mother said. For a man, he's unfaithful. A man is this. That. that one you cannot love. He said they will never marry and they should not marry. I heard that this morning. I never heard it before. Yeah? Amazing. Amazing. Yeah? 
Turn to the nearest person and ask, are you lovable, lovable or unlovable? You can listen to his preaching. He called it seven things I would do if I was to marry again. Yeah. And it's uh, you listen to it, you 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 you'll be amazed. He was talking about choosing somebody. How many points do you have of an anointed person's life? Only four. Oh, it's too few. Number five, an anointed person must be as perfect as possible. <laughs> Leviticus 21 verse 17, as perfect as possible, as good. Leviticus 21 verse 17, he says, speak to Aaron, whoever he be of thy seed in their generation that has any blemish. Let him not approach to offer the bread of his God. That's why the Bible says a bishop must be blameless. So from today, you must try to be as perfect as possible in every area. Academic. Try to finish your school. One time is down. Nobody can talk about it. If it's masters, you have to finish it. If it's PhD, finish it. Every area, academic, housework, be as perfect if you want to be anointed. You see, it must be without blemish. So you must ask a a man of God in the making or an anointed priest in the making, what are the areas, academic, you have cleared it. Domestic, you have cleared it. Cooking. You must know how to cook. You can't be there. You don't know how to make jollof. When you make jollof, it is like stew rice. Please, we beg you, be as perfect as possible. Learn how to bake at least meat pies or Cupcakes and what else? Rock bands and what else? Donuts, spring rolls. People are shouting. You can't be there as a lady without skills. So try, you will not be perfect, but you try. An anointed lady doesn't have a husband who is dissatisfied. The husband will be saying, you know. Since I met you, my life has... One husband was telling me, he said, me, I don't know what I'll do if my wife dies. He said, my life depends on my wife. Yes, he said, I cannot even imagine it. He said, my whole life depends on her. I, I only know how to live with her. I need her. It's like a third arm. Yes. Somebody said, I love two people, God and my wife. Yes, I love two people, God and my wife. 
That is what your husband should be saying. And not that he is hungry in the house. So every area of your life must be as perfect as possible. You must advance it as far as possible. You must know how to dress. You cannot dress like a buffoon in the house. Some of you, if we see you in the house, we wouldn't recognize you. One day I was on a plane with a woman who removed her wig and I think she removed some of the things on the face, I think for the flight. I didn't know who it was. It was later that we saw "Ah!" (laughs) her. Is it you? Is it you? You know the person, but you can't be, the, the difference is not just like a slight downgrade or an upgrade like it's a contrast it's like a monkey to a human being some of you when you take off your wig you look like a monkey okay okay it's between me and you don't tell anybody i told you but when you go to the go and look in the mirror and see the change is like from a human to a monkey and i stand by my word I stand by my word. I'm not retreat from it. But let me say it again. I say that some of you, when you remove your wig, the transformation is like from a human to a monkey. Is it true or it's not true? Minky. So, brothers, you must do your work well. When we send people on the mission field, it's those who are hardworking here. Hardworking. They are the ones. Those who, you give them work to do. Do this, do they, they do it well. Those are the people that do well in the ministry. Because a bishop must be blameless. Every area, you are on time. You work hard. You finish the work. You are a finisher. Mike Medock said, if you want to get something done, give it to a woman. He said, all the people that he works with, it's women that get things done for him. They are the best people that he has. If he wants really something, it will be a woman that will do it for him. I heard it this morning also. This morning I heard it. What I'm t- all these comments I'm making, I'm telling, I heard them this morning. I can sh- give you the, mes- the same message. A man, you cannot finish any project that is given to you. They say, lock, you can't lock. Things get missing under you. Money is stolen under you. No work can be given to you that you, it, will, it will be done well. So I, I'm anointed after me. I'm going on the mission field. I'm going on the mission field. To do what over the, the mission field? You go for 10 years and come back with nothing. Many people have gone and achieved nothing through laziness. Many people are just downright lazy. Don't work hard and not perfect in other aspects of life. That's why even you did the course that you did in school. You couldn't, you were not serious. You couldn't get a good course. You got a non-specific course to do in school. Just join together archaeology and some other non-related something and put it together and say social whatever. And even that one you had almost, 
second, second uh, deeper. Second deeper. That's below the lower. Below the lower. Now, number six. An anointed person must not be spiritually blind. It says in verse 18. Who, whatsoever man he be that has a blemish, he shall not approach a blind man or a lame or he that has a flat nose or anything superfluous or a man that is broken footed or broken handed or a crook backed or a dwarf that has a blemish in his eye or be scurvy or scarred or has his stones, that's his balls broken he cannot be a priest <laughs> hey so, as you must be, not be blind. That's number seven. That means you must, oh, that's number six. You must have visions and dreams. And you must be able to interpret your visions and dreams. You can't be spiritually blind if God, you want God to use you. Number seven. He says that he, a lame person cannot go. A lame person. Now, following God involves movement. So people who say, I can't be sent here. We can't send you here. Lazy. Lazy bones. Can't work. Can't move. Go here. Work in this department. Work in this place. Work here. Do this here. Nobody can send you because you are lame. Because we don't send cripples or people that are lame. Hey, go and catch this. Go and come. We rather leave them. So when you are unsendable on a mission, it means you are lame. That is why the anointing doesn't work. Because you don't anoint lame people. How many of you can be sent? Can be sent and when you go, you will do the percentage. You will work hard. You will, you will build the church. You will do the things that you've been taught. You will rise up and build a mega church according to the, what is in the book mega church or what is in the book church growth. You can't be sent. You will not follow the instructions. Because you are lame. And that's why he said, don't anoint a lame person. Because he cannot be sent. He won't do what you want. As I'm preaching now, before church started, I sent somebody to do something. Specific things. The person has gone to do what I want. And will we'll miss the service because he's doing mission exactly something very specific. There are some people you can't send them. You will not obey any of the things. You come back and tell us, oh, the people at that place, they are like this. They are, some, they are not some way. They are ordinary people just like you. But you are the one who is unsendable. You are lame. So we won't send you. When you see a cripple, just run and get me this. That's cruelty. Make yourself a sender. How do you make yourself sendable? By being mobile and being obedient to follow the exact instructions that you are given. That's when somebody will always choose you to send you on a mission. Sensitive things, important things. When you go say this, this, and that, we know that you can negotiate, you can speak, you can be asked to go and do ABC, you can be asked to go and talk about something. Why should you say that it's only a, a, a lady you can send? Because many of the guys are too proud 
to follow instructions. They are too big. When you say do this, they will not do that. They will do something on the side. One time I had an architect on my side, an experienced architect. He came to work on the side. At the point I said, leave the side. Don't come here. You are confusing the work here. Your presence, because you don't do what I want. The person who does what I want is here. And your presence is confusing that work. Don't come here again. Don't come here. That's why you, I hardly, you hardly see me working with an architect. Tech, tech trained architects. Hardly, you ever hardly see me with, working with any architect. Number eight, a flat nose. You must not have a flat nose. So when your nose is flat, it means you can't smell. It means you are not sensitive to things. So an anointed person must be spiritually sensitive. Amen. Yes. Listen, you must sense the power and sense the anointing and sense the grace of God. It's not everything in spiritual things that will be told to you. This is what it means. When Elijah came on Elijah, he just threw his garment on him. Did he have a meeting with him? I explained to you, you know, God has called me and God spoke to me yesterday. You are supposed to sense what it means. As soon as Elisha felt the mantle coming on him, he knew that, hey, Elijah never told him, kill your oxen. Elijah never told him, leave your job. Elijah never told him anything. He knew what it meant. Why do we have to have a meeting with you for you to understand everything? It's because your nose is flat. You are not sensitive to the move of the spirit. And that's why you see people standing up at the wrong time. Doing wrong things at the wrong time in a church service because they have flat noses and are not spiritually sensitive. You see, if you are spiritually sensitive, you will sense the different colors on the coat that I'm wearing. You see different colors and different types of anointing on the same person. You see that he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this, he's doing this. There are different things, different anointings. But when you are not sensitive, you'll be sitting there like a a cow. Have you preached to a cow before? Come to Mampong. I'll give you a cow to preach to. I've preached to a cow before. He never said amen. He continued chewing. No matter how powerful my preaching was. I said amen. Hallelujah. God is very good. Give your life to Jesus. I led the cow to Christ. He never said amen. He never said I received Jesus. He just continued chewing his grass. In England. He doesn't understand what is happening. From today, understand what, what is happening. One day I was having a meeting with some people. And I was sitting there and one of the sisters was there. She told the person, do you, do you understand what he's saying? She said to him, what he's saying? When he said, do you think that this, would you like this? He said, what he's telling you, would you like? That is the instruction. That's how he instructs and he commands. He asks questions. Try to be sensitive to see the question he's asking you is the instruction that he is giving you. He's asking, would you like to have this? Have you thought of this? He said, that, that thing that he said, have you thought of it? That is the instruction. But you are so dull, sensitive, wise. You are so dull. You can't see that that question is the way he prophesies. You can't see that the preaching is a prophecy. Because a flat nose cannot sense a lot of things. And when you are anointed, eh, he said, all these people should not be anointed. When you see that the nose is flat, don't anoint him. When you see that he's lame and you can't send him, don't anoint him. When you see that uh, he's, he's 
remove there is no covering don't anoint him when you see this character you say don't anoint the person the anointing will be wasted 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 amen are you listening number nine an anointed person must not have excesses superfluous what does superfluous mean Huh? I don't know. Superfluous. Nobody wants to volunteer. Superfluous means more than is sufficient, more than is required and necessary. So you mustn't have extra many things in your life. It's not necessary. Many things are not necessary. Yeah. You see people have 17 cars. Have 20 this. You have all this. It's useless. Number 10. An anointed person must be able to go anywhere. And do anything. So he said in verse 21. Chapter 21 verse 18. An anointed person must not be broken footed or broken handed. No broken foot and broken hand. When your hand is broken, can you use it? You can't do certain things because you are not. You've got a broken hand. Do you know the number of things that I do? So many things. I'm involved in building. I'm involved in music. But you can't be involved in music. Why not? There is nothing you can do. God is looking for people whose hands are not broken in the spirit. Whatever you give them, they say, we'll do it. We'll do it. You can't sweep. You can't clean. You can't clean toilet. You can't clean toilet. Why can't you clean toilet? I said, why can you not clean church toilet? There's nothing wrong. Say can. can. Say can. can. Say also can. also can. Yes. You can help with security. You can help with everything. Whenever I see somebody who has restrictions, oh, I, I don't do this, I can't do this, I don't do this, I'm like this. Immediately I said, this is not a person for the anointing. Broken foot, broken hand. Can't do, can't go. Can't move, can't you, can't do. Can't build, can't plant grass. When I was first wanting to plant grass in Mampong, I couldn't get humble people to plant. I called my carpenter. I called him, I said, Come. Plant grass for me here. He said, yes, Papa. And he, the carpenter, planted the grass. I used a carpenter to plant grass. A humble carpenter. But the big shots, they wouldn't, couldn't plant grass. I called him. I said, yes, yes, Papa. I can do it. He organized grass planting. Why can't you plant grass? Broken foot, broken hand. Can't do, can't go. He says, Put the scripture there. He said, him that is broken-footed or broken-handed. You can't be in a culinary star. That's why you can't be an anointed pastor's wife. And these days, you see, the, the boys, they, struggle, they will take time before they marry you. Yeah, their eyes have opened. They walk with you. When you start raising your voice, you say, don't raise your voice. You didn't hear the Mike Medoc this message we heard today. So don't raise your, raise your voice. You get a Mike Medoc moment. 
your neighbor's hand and leg whether it's broken footed or broken handed you can't do this you can't do that you can't dance you can't this amen do you know that if i have to dance in the dancing stars i will learn how to dance and dance oh yes it just i mean it just has to be important for me to do i will learn it Once I know that it's important, I'll, I'll, I'll learn it. I'll practice. Can. Everybody say, can do. Also can. Yes. Broken foot, broken hand. Can you imagine you marry a wife? She can't do so many things. You marry a man, he can't work. Hmm. Sheesh. Number 11. An anointed person must not stop growing. You can't stop growing. You can't stop growing. Leviticus 21 verse 18. He says, you shall not approach a crook-backed or a dwarf. Dwarfs cannot be anointed. What is a dwarf? A dwarf is somebody who has stopped developing. He was growing like this. And when he got to this place, is seized. Yes. backed. Dwarf. Stop at three feet. You can never tell me that you are stopping growing. Which growing? I am growing and you are not growing. How old are you? Do you know how many years I've been preaching since I was 16? I've been preaching for 40 years and you've stopped growing you've stopped learning, you've stopped developing God doesn't anoint dwarfs, a dwarf is somebody who has seized and stopped developing and stopped learning you develop up to this point and stop film stars you can't stop developing it must develop and grow. That's when the anointing is on you. Amen. You see that the thing is changing. It's modifying. It's improving. It's not the same thing all the time. And the music. And the singing. And the preaching. And everything must develop. He said if the... He sent Aaron with the oil. Go and anoint you of the priest. But if he's a dwarf, don't anoint him. If he has stopped growing, if he doesn't read his Bible anymore, if he doesn't listen to messages anymore, if he stops reading the word and stops growing, do not anoint him. Do not anoint. Do not anoint him. Don't. You know, one day I was in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Kenneth Hagin was about to preach, 83 years old. And I saw him reading his Bible, checking something. And I was wondering to myself, Papa Hagin, what are you checking? 83. You have preached, the whole world has gathered at your feet to listen to you. What again are you checking? He was checking. He would check here, then he would go back and he, you know, he wasn't using an iPad. He was using a, a real Bible. He would check, go back, forward, check, and he, a brown Bible, brown case. I was wondering, what again? But you see, God does not anoint dwarfs, crook backed. What's a crook backed? Check your dictionary, crook backed. Hunchback. Have you stopped having your quiet time? I thank God for the greater love people because the greater love people, they've been Christians for a long time and they, they still want to grow. 
That's why they've joined the First Love Church. Yes. I wonder if when you are their age, you will join a First Love Church. If a, a, a new church starts called New Love, New Love Church, I wonder if you, First Love, will join New Love Church as Greater Love Club members. Ah? <laughs> huh? Yes. Never stop learning. Never stop developing. Never stop listening to the music. Never stop growing. Don't stop it. You hurt yourself. You hurt yourself. We are developing. We never had denominations. We are developing. We never had. I was in a camp last week. White people, plenty. English people in the church now. We never had that before. Singing either songs. They sing it, they sing either song like a hymn. Well, you have some people here sitting at the back wondering whether it's necessary. They are singing it like a hymn over there. That's why we stamp you out. We are going to clean, I'm going to bring a hoover for the back row. I'll suck you with a suction from there. You see, once you stop growing, something is wrong. One day I went somewhere, the pastor came to me and told me, I want you to help me with my daughter. I said, what is your daughter? What is wrong? Said, the daughter is like this. Very short. Said, she's, she's 18 years old. I wanted you to see if there can be done something. Everybody will be worried when you stop growing. And God is worried when you stop growing. From today, everybody who has stopped listening to podcasts, you, you, after we close, remind me, we are doing podcast corner. Everybody, you must know how to connect to podcasts, how to listen to preaching again. If you listen to this preaching again, you will pray for not less than two hours because I'm preaching for about two hours. Yes. You will by all means pray. The thing will be on and you are praying. You cannot say that you will not be affected spiritually. It's not possible. Just as I was praying and I was listening to Mike Medoc preaching, you will also be praying and listening to some of these messages. And you see that you are developing. You are developing. You are developing. How many do you have? Twelve. An anointed person must not have unhealed wounds. Unhealed wounds. Leviticus 21 verse 18. Whoever he is that has a blemish shall not approach whether he has scurvy. Yes, scurvy. All right. Verse 18. Verse 20. A crook bat or a blemish in his eye or scurvy or be scabbed. Scabbed, it means wounded, sore. Or has his stones broken. Hey. Stone as testicles. We'll come to the testicle just now. Are you there? What wounds do you have in your life? Let them be healed. If you have homosexual wounds and you have been wounded sexually, where you are now interested in the same sex, which is what the Bible calls sodomy, it's, you have been hurt, but you must be healed. A person who is not healed of a problem cannot be anointed. If you were maltreated when you were a child, you have to be healed of it. 
If you've slept with thousand girls so that now you can't see a girl and be normal, you have to be healed of that one too. I hope you understand. Whatever experience you have had as you have been developing, you must let yourself be healed. Otherwise, your life will be based on your sickness. Based on your wound. Even your preaching will be based on your wounds. The wounds of your life. Everybody is wounded. Everybody is wounded. But you are supposed to be healed. Whatever wounds you see, you've experienced in your life. Hurt. Broken hearts. Bad experiences. Whatever wounds you have. Those wounds, the Bible says that don't anoint somebody. When you come with anointing, you see a cat. Don't pour the oil on that person. Go back. Let the person be healed. If it's broken hand, don't anoint. It can't work. If it's broken foot, he can't go. Don't anoint him. If he's got a wound that's not healing, don't anoint the person. Make sure your wounds are healed. Some of you, the houses you came from, you are wounded. Your temperament and your personality is wounded. Maybe your father wounded you. Maybe your relationship with your father is a blemish and a wound in your soul. Please, you need to recover from it. You need to recover from it. Girls are hurt by boys so badly. And if your mother had been telling you, don't trust a man. A man is a dog. A man is an animal. A man is this. A man is unfair. Be healed of that thing because you are wounded in your soul. If you've been watching it on this kukunjaba and all these other things, you know, listen. Be healed though because a spirit is entering you. You are watching all these things and you see that you are, your, your soul is, is, is changed. Your inside is affected by what you are seeing I'm preaching about the anointing I'm preaching about the anointed life I'm telling you about what is in the anointing God said anoint my priest you'll be a royal priesthood but when you see a man with a wound that he's not recovering from don't anoint him are you listening maybe you've grown up stealing you are a thief because that's all you've done please be healed of it one day I called somebody he stole something from me and I knew so I called him I said whatever you want I will give you don't steal I don't want you to be called a thief and I don't want you to steal if there's anything you ask me I will give you just so that you will not be called a thief I don't want you to be a thief don't steal the church money don't steal your money don't grow up stealing don't grow up lying be healed of these things. Some of you, you just tell lies. You say when you are filling a form, you feel that you must always lie. Even your age, you change your age. This, you lie. Everything. Where were you born? One day somebody asked me, they were filling a form for me. He said, place of birth. And they asked me, what should, what should I write? I said, this is where I was born. You write where I was born. Who can't change where I was born? Some of us have grown up as chronic liars. And we are wounded. If your enos is wounded by homosexuality, be healed of it. You can recover. No, I don't think I can recover because I think that the feelings that I've been getting is, is, a, is, is a desirability. I need it very much. Look. Let me tell you something. No matter what you like, you can dry yourself out of it. If you've grown up. I used to eat corned beef stew all the time. 
But when I become beef changed, something in me said, this thing is not good. So I dried myself out. If today I don't eat that thing, it's the power of God. <laughs> it's true because it's a taste. It's a taste I developed. It's a taste I developed. I learned how to eat it. And I had to dry out of it. So maybe you've learned how to do certain things. Your body has learned certain things. You can be healed. Because he said, don't anoint somebody who has a wound that is not healing. God is waiting for the wound to be healed. Then he will pour his oil. One day, one of my pastors, he said, he, he came to see me. He said, Bishop, pray for me. I said, what is it? He said, I had a vision. I said, what vision? He said, I was kneeling down. And suddenly, heavens opened. And a hand appeared in heaven. And the hand had a cup with oil. And then the oil was about to be poured. Then just as the cup was about to be poured, then a voice shouted, stop! He was so upset. He came to see me. I said, yeah. The Lord was about to anoint you, but he's changed his mind. (laughs) He's changed his mind. Maybe he saw one of the saws. He saw the crook backed. Maybe he saw the hunchback. He saw the dwarf. He saw the broken hand. He saw something. Maybe you were unsendable. Unsendable. Unusable. Not growing anymore. Maybe. I don't know. What he saw. And he said, stop. And he said, the hand stopped like this. Stop. Hey. The oil will not be stopped from being poured over you. In Jesus' name. Number 13, quickly. Anointed people must stay in their calling. And then number 14, anointed people cannot go back to the world. Their lives belong to God. Leviticus chapter 10, verse 7. You shall not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, lest you die. For the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. You shall not go out. When God anoints you, he anoints you for his house. You are permanently in the house of God. You belong to him. And number 15, anointed people must only be influenced by the Holy Spirit. He said, do not drink strong wine or strong drink. Thou nor thy sons with thee when they go into the tabernacle of the congregation. Only the Holy Spirit must influence you. Money must not influence you. Wine must not influence you. Strong drink must not influence you. Nothing must influence you. Only the Holy Spirit. No wine or drink should be making you jump, making you dance. Some people drink so much, they don't even know. They wake up every day in the house. They don't know how they got to the house. But the Holy Spirit is upon you. What is number one? Put the thing on the screen, please. What is number one? Fifteen restrictions of the anointed. Number one. Can you see it on the screen? Beautiful. How many believe we can have LED screen so that you can see very well in the day and the night? Very, very nice. We're going to have it soon. Amen. Anointed person must... Can, I, can, you, can we read it together? Ready, go. Read it from your notes, please. The one on the screen is for me. But if you don't have it in your notes, you can look on the screen. 
Ready, go. You can get this in my book, Steps to the Anointing. I'm preaching from my book, Steps to the Anointing. It's in the book. So just get a chapter. It's there. Number two. How many are going to stop having too much to do with the dead? Funeral, too much, too much. No, 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 no. Our church has a new beautiful policy. Water only, no travel. Water only, no travel. We don't travel for funerals. We do water only. Yes. We don't, we don't serve rice, jollof, stew, crabs, prasa, uh, this, jollof, banku. We do not. And don't, don't even bring it up. Once the, the funeral is controlled by us, it will not happen. It is controlled by your, anybody, they can do it. But for anything that comes from us, it will not. Come on. Yes. Don't expect it. Number two. Must have what? Just like the Methodist church, they said no way keeping. They said today, every day they come up with a rule about funeral. We have also come up with our rules. We are entitled to our own rules. And our own culture. Number two, an anointed person must have what? A covering. I can't hear you. Number three. Amen. How many are going to come out decently? Even when you are buying Kilewele, you look like a dignified person who is buying a Kilewele. Beautiful. Number four. The type of. What type of woman are you going to marry? Virgin. Virtuous. 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 Virgins are very few now. We just have some few, few words left. Huh? <laughs> Number five must be as perfect as possible. Amen. Amen. Number six. How many are going to start seeing visions and dreams? Beautiful. Number seven. Immobile. You can't go anywhere, isn't it? Yes. So some of you, we only anointed when you go on a mission. Number eight. An anointed person must be spiritually sensitive. That is what? No flat nose. You can't sense things that are happening. How many can sense that God is speaking to you today? Can you sense it? You must be able to sense that God is speaking. Yes. Number nine. Superfluous. You you have too many shoes, too many clothes, too many cars, too much of everything. It's not necessary. Too much, isn't it? Yeah. Number ten. do anything. That's a broken foot and a broken hand. Number 11. Anointed person must not stop growing. Say, I'm growing. I'm I'm keeping on growing. Number 12. Unhealed wounds. Wow. How many are going to be healed of all your things? Maybe the houseboy slept with you. Or the house girl slept with you. Or a lady trained you in sex. And you are well trained. Be healed of that in Jesus name today. 
how many are receiving healing from your wound. Don't come and complain. So when I was a child, this when I was a, just be healed of it. Everybody has something. When you go into everybody, you'll be shocked what the story the person will tell you. Yes, you'll be shocked. Don't, don't say, oh, my this did this, my cousin did that, the neighbor did this, my friend's mother came here with the child and my auntie did this. Please, be healed. It's okay. Thank you very much. Be healed. Tell your neighbor, just lay hands on her. Be healed. Be healed of all those things here in Jesus' name. Tell the person, you are not a homosexual. Eh? Please, be healed of that thing in Jesus' name. You cannot be. It's impossible. Tell the person, it's impossible. It is impossible. It's impossible that you'll be a homosexual. It's impossible. What? Be healed of whatever is worrying you in this life in Jesus' name. Amen. Number what? 13. Anointed people must stay in their calling. Are you going to stay in the calling? Are you going to stay in your calling? Do you want either to continue singing? Or you want her to move into preaching or into basenta? Into basenta ministry? <laughs> Culinary stars. Tell your neighbor, please stay in your calling. We know what you are good at doing. Just stay in it. It's a blessing. Amen. Number 14. Anointed people cannot go back to the world. Tell your neighbor, I'm not going back to no world. I'm not going back to no world. I am here to stay. In Jesus' name. Amen. Number 15. Anointed people influenced by a girl must be joined by a girl or a boy or a friend. Her. One day, a certain wife she, she confessed to me. She says, I know that I can control my husband. So I can make him do anything I want. Hey. And almost every girl is like that. They know what they can do. Up to a point, they know. True or not true? So, brothers, be strong. Even though she's beautiful, be strong. Mike Maddock told, he told one, he told, he said, he told, I, uh, <laughs> are you listening? I'm telling you what I heard this morning. He, he was talking to a lady and she started to cry. He told her, listen, none of the things in your toolbox will work for me. You're crying, you're moaning, your face, sulking, making your face. None of those things work on me. Let me make it very clear now. In your toolbox, it doesn't do not work for me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> your crying will not work. Your face will not work. Your sulking will not work. Nothing will work. It doesn't work on me. Let me make it very clear from the, the word go. Nothing from your toolbox. You can go and listen to that message yourself. I'm sure it's there. <laughs> Ask the, le- the nearest lady, what do you have in your toolbox? <laughs> hey. Two boxes, spanners and things. Instead of bringing a spanner, you brought your crying face. And then number what? Oh, only 15 points. Okay, start to your feet. Let's go. How many enjoy the anointing? Is it a nice topic? Very beautiful, isn't it? Anointing. Yes. Stand to your feet, everybody. 
lift your hands and just pray for the Holy Spirit, for the anointing of the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Lord, anoint me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the anointing, for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Kandalama, Shadolema, Shadalama, Paralama, Delemeke. Just lift your hand and call on God. Say, Lord, I want to be anointed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Malada, Shelebe, Tolomora, Dalimandele, Messivor, Catalba, Shadelebe. We give you thanks, Father. We lift our hands. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Move me now and make my life whole again. Spirit, move over me. Spirit, move over me.
take your oil. Take some oil somewhere. Yes, anoint your children, Lord. Sendable children. Jesus. Thank you. some oil on your head, I tell you. God's power is coming on your life. You are a special nation of priests. My God. Follow me, Lord. Come on. Come on. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Receive the grace of God, a nation of priests, a nation of power. Power, receive the power. Be transformed by the power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. The power of the Holy Ghost. Receive that power. Oh yes. Oh yes. Oh yes. Dakalo. 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 We love you. Father, now as we lay our hands with this oil, thank you, Lord, that you are making a nation of priests. Whether lawyers or bankers or accountants, whether students, they are a nation of priests. Now receive the power of the Holy Spirit on your life. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. Receive the power of the Holy Spirit. A nation of priests you shall be. A royal priesthood, specially dedicated and anointed for the Lord and His work. Whatever you lack naturally, it is filled up by the power of the Holy Spirit. You go out of this place empowered with the Holy Ghost to do great things and exploits for the Lord. Nothing that you lack will hold you back from today. Because His power, the anointing, will make the difference in your life. Receive it now. Taking a deep breath and receive the Holy Ghost falling upon you. Receive it now. Shama, Shokala, Tomara, Taba, Paloma, Kabalamba, Sikoko, Kalabalamba. Receive it now. It's happening to you right now. Take the power of the Holy Spirit right now. Power is flowing in your life right now. Palabala.
Mataloma Kabarandala Mamanda. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that you have made a difference to everyone here. We are not going by the name of our earthly family, but we are going by the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what people will know us for. As Jesus was called Jesus Christ, the anointed, people will look at us and call us the anointed. Thank you. Thank you for making us anointed servants and priests for your kingdom in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. As every head is bowed and every eye closed for a moment, if you are here and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, Pastor, pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. Raise your hand right now and I'm going to pray with you. Maybe you are not a Christian or you are not born again, but today you want to take God seriously. Seriously. I want to follow Jesus. If you are here like that, lift your hand like this. Okay, I see your hand, I see your hand. And come to me in the front here very quickly. In fact, run if you can to the front here because I'm going to pray just now, in a moment. Come. Say, Jesus, please forgive me for my sins. I open my heart. I receive Jesus. Say, I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please write my name in the book of life. I love you, Jesus Christ. Thank you for saving me. Help me to serve you. Help me to be a Christian. Help me to obey you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for saving me today. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. I'm giving you one of my books. This book, How to Be Born Again and Avoid Hell. When we close, all of you who have this book, please Come to the place, the Fritin Salvation Corner. Come with the book. Please, when you are coming, come with the book and sit over there. One of the pastors is going to come and give you something very important. Important information. It's going to change your life. Okay? Father, bless these ones in a mighty way. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You may go back to your seats. And the congregation may be seated. It's time for communion. What a blessing. Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. Drink, this is my blood, which was shed for you.
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. The cup of blessing which we bless, it's the communion of the blood of Christ. The bread which we break, it's the communion of the body of Christ. Oh, this is the holy meal, it is the meal of God. Oh, 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 oh. it will sustain you, it will make you whole, it will give you life. When I see the blood, oh, 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 yeah, I will pass over you. I see the blood Whoa. I will pass over you Hallelujah In Genesis chapter 4 Verse 8 And Cain talked with his brother and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and slew him. And the Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? Verse 10. And he said, What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood crieth unto me. From the ground Blood speaks Blood cries Blood shouts And blood speaks To the spirit world God is a spirit And God heard the blood speaking So today There is a blood That has spoken more than any other blood The blood Of the savior of the world Jesus And you are about to receive that blood into your life. It's going to shout at all demons, get away. I said, it's going to shout at all demons, get away from here. It's going to shout at accident, get away from here. It's going to shout at death and all curses. Not here. Not here. And we said, the the blood of thy brother's blood crieth. Crieth. Unto me, stand to your feet, hold your bread, Father. Thank you for today's bread, the body of Jesus Christ, broken for me, and the blood of Jesus Christ shed for me. Now, let a blessing pass to everyone as we receive of the wonderful body and blood of Jesus Christ, the Savior. The body of Jesus Christ. And now, the blood. This blood is going to shout at your mistakes. You know what it's going to say to your mistakes? 
is going to tell the mistake you are neutralized your power is finished the mistake is over Jesus said that which is born of the spirit is spirit somebody here you are going to be give birth to a new life it will be born of the spirit it will be born of the spirit and it will be a spiritual life it's going to be born again this blood is going to shout at the judgment angels and at demons that want to come and judge you and implement death and judgment sickness and disease this blood is going to cry at them and say get back get back get back it's going to cry at a car which is coming to kill you it's going to cry get back not here go back this is going to block works of darkness against you sudden wickedness demonic surprises is going to shout at it and say no 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 when the angel said when I see the blood I will pass over because the blood will cry the blood of Jesus will cry say it's my child it's my child don't touch it don't dare don't try it's my child he is my child she's my daughter don't even try this blood is going to tell the demon that has come with a sword to pierce your breast with cancer it's going to say go back go back to hell from where you came get back no more no more this blood is going to speak for you it's going to say she's forgiven he's forgiven he's mine he's mine May you be covered eternally by this blood. May you be healed because of this blood. May you be protected because of this blood. May your finances be covered because of this blood. The blood of Jesus. Lift your hands for your blessing. You stretched out your hand to hold something, but you didn't hold it well, and it slipped out. But that says the Lord, that which seemed to have escaped from your hand, I have brought it back to you. You put your leg forward. You thought you were stepping on a solid ground, but your foot ended up in water. That says the Lord, I have turned the water into dry ground for you. You step forward thinking you are going forward, but you found yourself going backward. Receive the grace. For that which seemed to be taking you backward has ended up turning around and taking you further forward than you could ever imagine. Whatever you could not do for yourself, may God do it for you now in Jesus' name. Whatever help you could not galvanize and organize for yourself, may 
your life receive the blessing of the Father. And may God do for you what you cannot do for yourself. In the name of Jesus. Let me hear your loudest amen. Your feet are taken out of the miry clay. And placed upon a rock to stay. May you be permanent. Receive permanence. Receive permanence. Receive stability. Receive grace from the Father of all. Let me hear your loudest amen. Now may the Lord make his face to shine on you. Whoever's face is not shining on you, may the Lord himself make his face to shine beautifully on you. Receive the favor of the Lord this week. Receive the grace of God this week. May your enemies bow to you this week. Be fruitful this week. Multiply this week. Increase this week. Be blessed this week. Go forward this week. Advance this week. Be healed this week. Be blessed this week. Go higher this week. Step forward this week. Stand up this week. Be strong this week. Be helped this week. Be healed this week. Be delivered this week. In the name of Jesus. May you receive good news from far. And may people receive good news about you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Father, I stretch forth my hand and I pray for your children, Lord. Bless every child, Lord. Let each child be an anointed child. A blessed child. Advance them mightily. Advance them mightily. Though they be young, let them be mighty and great. Mighty and great and strong. Bless them, Lord. According to the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name. And everyone shouted, Amen. Amen. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by the preaching of God's Word. For audio CDs, DVDs, books, and other resources by Dykewood Mills, please visit our website at www.dykewoodmills.org. God richly bless you. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note? It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC. ABC Tonight, the next chapter of The Bachelor Journey begins. Welcome to Listen to Your Heart. Listen to your heart. 20 single musicians look for the perfect duet. When she sings to me, it just leaves me speechless. Will a passion for music lead to a lasting love? I've dreamt of being with somebody who shares the same passion that I do. Or end on a sour note. It's no fun singing a love song when you're not in love. The Bachelor presents Listen to Your Heart, a six-episode event, tonight at 8, 7 central on ABC.